You know, tonight, you don't have to pray. You get to pray. I said, you don't have to pray. You get to pray. And prayer is not only an obligation, it's really a privilege. I remember back in grade school and public school where we uh, used to memorize the Bible and uh, Psalm 23 and the model prayer. How many memorized the model prayer in grade school? Say it out loud with me tonight if you would. Our Father who art in... And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, what version of the Bible are y'all out of down here? Anyway, I mean, trespasses or debts. I know it's got it both in different places. But uh, Matthew 6, I should have had you turn there. It talks about our debts. Trespasses, same thing. Jesus said this in Matthew 6 in verse 5. He said, and when thou prayest. In verse 6, he said, but thou when thou prayest, verse 7, but when you pray. So Jesus expected his people to pray. I want to commend you to be, be here on a prayer meeting. Uh, I, I, I'm in touch with a church, a, a Baptist church, that has 400 people coming out to pray. Not to hear about prayer, not to give special requests, but to actually communicate with God and this implementation going on. He calls it his praise and prayer service. I said, whatever you do, don't call it a prayer meeting because prayer meetings are all about problems. And she said, I'm going to call it a praise and prayer meeting. So I want to talk to you tonight from Matthew chapter 6, just verse by verse, or phrase by phrase rather, just a few thoughts I think might be a help uh, to you. Now, Jesus said, after this manner, therefore, pray ye our Father. Our Father. So when we pray, it's a community prayer. It's a family prayer. Most of the prayer in the Bible in the New Testament was corporate prayer. Most of it in the book of Acts, there's 38 references to prayer. Most of it was corporate prayer. And when they had prayed, when they had prayed. And Jesus said, when you pray, I pray our Father. So that's a, a family prayer. It, it, it has to do with... Uh, uh, individual connection with God himself. It has to do with intimacy. I have three children. I have five grandchildren. They all love to fish. And I'll tell you what, I like my, grand, my children. I, I like my, I, I not only love them, I like my grand, I like them all. And you know what? My children call me uh, dad. My grandchildren call me poppy. But you know what? There's a relationship there. It's based upon a blood relation. And when we pray, as the people of God, we're talking to our Father. So tonight, let's, uh, let's talk to the Lord as our Father. Now we're going to do something a little different here tonight. Instead of talking about praying, we're going we're gonna to do some praying, okay? And I really, I know that you all implement in your prayer meeting, and I commend you and Pastor Lytell for doing that, because in far too many places, there's lots of talk about prayer, but very little prayer going on. So we want to talk to our Father tonight, don't we? We want to talk to our Heavenly Father. I want, to, I want us to stand to our feet. I want, uh, I want two men, two men to pray and address our Father and offer Him uh, an invitation to come and to minister to our hearts and tell Him that we appreciate it. 
Can we tell our Father that we appreciate Him? Let's stand to our feet. I want two men to stand and just lead us and tell our Father how much we appreciate Him. Somebody who's got a big mouth can pray real loud and just uh, kind of shout it out and we're all going to be backing you up in prayer. Two men pray, if you would, please. Amen. You can be seated. Now, aren't you glad tonight that the devil is no longer our Father, but God Almighty is our Father? Now notice the next thing Jesus taught us to pray. These uh, phrases are really categories to pray through. Uh, It's more like uh, the skeleton than the body. Uh, It's more like the scaffolding than the building because these phrases are categories that Jesus instructed us to come. And what I want you to see tonight is that what Chris has already mentioned, that uh, in prayer, uh, it's first about God's concerns before it's about our stuff. And notice what he said, our Father, hallowed, that means sanctified, that means set apart, that means exalted, magnified, Uh, holy is your name. Hallowed be your name. To hallow the name of God is to set the name of God apart. Now there's so many uh, words in the Bible that we, our translators called it, called it God, but there's a ton of meaning in those things. Like even the word Lord or Jehovah, Jehovah Shalom is God our peace, or Jehovah Jireh is God our provider, or Jehovah Tiskanu, he's God our righteousness. There's all kinds of meaning uh, in those words, but you know, Americans that went to public school had to have the dumbed down version, amen? So that's why we, we have a hard time comprehending all the wealth of information that God has revealed because God has revealed himself in his names. He's Elohim. He's the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. He's the Lord, hallowed be thy name. And the Bible says we're to enter into his gates with what? And come into his courts with what? Praise. Have you ever read Psalm 146 through 150? It's all about praise. I'm telling you, those people got excited about it. I mean, they've done some things we wouldn't do. They talked about tambourines and dancing. You wouldn't hear that from Bill Lytell, but it's in the Word of God anyhow. And I've got one to tell you something, friend. Uh, the Bible says we're to come into His presence with enthusiastic praise. And I just like people that love to praise God. Don't you love to praise the Lord? Isn't that a whole lot better than complaining about your situation? <laughs> and griping and moaning and whining and carrying on. Isn't that a whole lot better to come into His courts with a praise? You say, well, I've gone through a hard time. Well, you've had more gains than losses. I've known more joy than hurt. God's been good in my life. I'll just tell you that right now. And I know we all go through seasons of difficulty. And I'm not belittling that in the least, but I'm telling you, he told us to come into his courts with praise. So hallowed be your name. That means to set apart, to sanctify the holy, reverend name of God. And I'm telling you, in a revival atmosphere, People have unbridled praise. They're not this sheepish, go to funeral chapel kind of look on it. I'm just telling you, brother, it's, it, 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 there's something exuberant about praising the Lord. So the Lord Jesus told us to come to him as our father, and then he told us to come to him and say, Lord, great is your name. How excellent is your name. Magnified be your name. Exalted be your name. Hallowed, sanctified, set apart. Be your name. How many of you think that the Lord enjoys praise? It's God's address, you know. It says in Psalms that God inhabited the praises of Israel. He inhabited, we're inhabiting the uh, carbon bed and breakfast for a couple of days here this week, and that's our habitation. Now, what a nice habitation, I'm just telling you. But uh, 
But you know where God lives? He dwells in the midst of praise. He inhabits praise. And wherever God can find people that praise him, he shows up. He manifests himself. He draws near to people who draw near to him. And how do we draw near to him? Well, with gratitude, thanksgiving, and with praise. Hallowed be thy name. You know, it, we would be really wrong tonight if we started off with our stuff without starting off with God's stuff. We'd be, really, we'd be really wrong tonight if we came at it backwards, which that's normally what people do. That's what I do most of the time. I come about stuff backwards. But the Lord said, no, no, don't start with your concerns. You start with my priorities and my concerns and with my fatherhood and with my name. That's the way to begin our prayer time. So let's, let's sanctify the Lord in our hearts tonight. Could we do that? Let's praise the Lord in our hearts this evening. Let's bless the Lord tonight. Do you ever read those psalms about blessing God, about praising God, about thanking God? And I, I'm just here to tell you, I'm just here to tell you that what's supposed to be done from with gusto from the heart, and when we comprehend something of the goodness of God, it triggers gratitude and praise. So let's hallow the name of our God tonight. I want you to bow your head for a moment. I want you to just take 60 seconds and praise the name of God, bless the name of God, sanctify the name of God, and magnify the name of God. Just go ahead and bow your head for 60 seconds. I want you to cry out from your heart and bless the Lord's name. Lord, your name is great. You're greatly to be praised. We elevate you tonight. We magnify you tonight. Lord, we just praise you this evening. We sanctify your name. We say, blessed be your name. Oh God, how good you are and how great is your fantastic name. We give you praise. We give you blessing tonight, Lord. Thank you for showing us and telling us how you want to be approached. And, and thank you for giving us some instruction, Lord, on how to come to you in prayer. So thank you for being our Father, and we bless your great name. All God's people say it. Notice this third category that Jesus told us to approach him with. Thy kingdom come. Say that out loud. Thy. Say that one more time. Say it to God as a prayer. Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? Now, we all know that the kingdom of God has three tenses. Uh, Israel was supposed to be a theocracy. They were supposed to be ruled by God, right? But they wanted an earthly king like everybody else. So, so there was a past kingdom, the kingdom of Israel. There's a future kingdom where Jesus is going to come back to the earth bodily, set up his throne. Praise God, no more political conventions, amen. <laughs> no more political commentators, praise God. No more bumper stickers, glory be to God. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming back, and he's going to do it right when he shows up. And he's going to set it up. It's going to be great. You know, I predict a, a resurgence of second coming preaching because we've had it so good for so many decades that kind of fell out of favor because who wants to go to heaven when you got it made down here on earth? But things are going to heat up down here and we're going to see things we never dreamed of. Don't be sad about that. Don't be mad about that. And don't be mad at sinners for following their nature. You ought to be mad at yourself if you're not following your new nature. Go ahead and say amen on that point right there. Boy, that, was, that was worth coming tonight to hear that and Brother Zook and that uh, Arctic Squirrel, man. I mean, those three things right there, that's, that's worth the trip right there. Now, <laughs> thy kingdom come. Now, look, there's a future kingdom. There's a past kingdom. How many understand there's a present kingdom? 
This is not just something for the millennial reign. I reject hyper-dispensationalism. I just reject it. It's worse than hyper-Calvinism. It gets off into fatalism and puts God out of business and nothing applies to us. It most certainly does apply to us. I know there's one main interpretation, but there's many applications. And when we're praying for the kingdom of God to come, Jesus said the kingdom of God is where? Within you. Within you. So if he's the king, we're the subjects. He said the kingdom of God is within us. What are we praying for the kingdom of God to come? What is this? Is this the second turn of return of Christ? Well, I think that's part of it, of course. But I also believe when we're praying for the kingdom of God to come, what we're praying is for the rule of God, the reign of God, the authority of God, uh, the jurisdiction of God, the governance of God, the lordship of Christ to come in power. That's what we're praying for the kingdom of God to come. How many remember when we used to hear lordship sermons all the time? I mean, remember this. Americans now are more interested in a savior than a king. And we've been really good in Baptist churches on what Christ has done for us, but maybe not so hot on what Christ has done to us, and even worse on what Christ can do in us, because the kingdom of God is within us. So when we're praying for the kingdom of God to come, what are we praying? We're praying for the rulership of God, the, the, the authority of God, uh, the lordship of God, the kingship of God to come and to rule and reign in our own hearts first, in our own families second, in our church third, and in our community. Wouldn't it be good if God would take the stage and, and, and elevate his name. We so misrepresented. He's been so badly misrepresented. Leonard Ravenhill said revival is happens when God gets so tired of being misrepresented, he just takes the field and clears up all the discrepancies. And I believe that when God shows up and shows off, uh, he elevates his, his name, he elevates his authority. His, his authority is extended and expanded in the hearts of people. And that's what salvation is, right? That's what revival is for God's people when we're filled with the Spirit of God. I'm just telling you, it, we're talking about the kingdom of God coming in power. Now, what is revival other than a moral reset? A moral reset. And I want to say this, that when we're praying for the kingdom of God to come, we're praying that God's authority would be elevated, would be submitted to, would be recognized, would be appreciated, and that he would get the honor that's due unto his name. Now look, if you have some, some children who are prodigal, grandchildren who are strangers to the grace of God, a, a spouse perhaps lost their way, Oh, what are we? We're praying for the kingdom of God to come. We're, we're praying for the rulership of God, the reign of God, the authority of God. Or we're praying for the lordship of Christ to come and, and to assume its rightful position in the hearts, in the homes of the people that we know and we love. Shouldn't we be praying for the kingdom of God to come? I mean, understand there was a past kingdom. Go like this if you understand that. We all understand there's a future kingdom. Go like this right here. But, more, but what we're dealing with right now is the kingdom of God is inside of us. And, and we're praying for the, for the lordship of Christ uh, to command our thoughts, our feelings, and our motives. I'm just telling you, it's the lordship. Of, we're praying for the kingdom of God to come. So let's do this. Let's have a little holy huddle here tonight. If you're with a family member, why don't you pray for the kingdom of God to come in your heart and in your home?
And if you've got family members that are have strayed, prodigals, uh, hey, let's pray for the kingdom of God to come. Okay? And let's pray for the kingdom of God to come uh, in, in our church and churches, uh, the Bible churches and, and, the, and, and, and the community for the kingdom of God to come. How many understand that we're living in a pagan nation and we can blame the Democrats if we want, but if the salt doesn't have any savor, then we might ought to start right where we are. We all might be saying, God, let your kingdom come, like right here. Like, God, let your kingdom and authority come, like right now, like right here in my heart. You know, that calls for a little repentance, doesn't it, sometimes? So let's, uh, if, you, if you don't have a family member, get with somebody uh, else, if you would. Let's just pray for a couple of minutes for the kingdom of God to come. I want you to pray out loud. If you're a family, pray as a family. If not, give us somebody and just uh, talk to the Lord a couple of minutes. Thy kingdom come. Let's pray that, okay? Oh, Heavenly Father, let your kingdom come in power. Lord, please rescue those of our friends and family who are apart from thee. Oh, God, establish your rule and reign in our hearts, in our homes, and in our church. Oh, God, please, in Jesus' name, may your kingdom come, and we give you praise with anticipation because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Notice this next category here. Notice what he says. Thy kingdom come, say it out loud, thy will be done. All right, let's try it one more time. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. All right, we need to work on our responsive readings. Let's do it one more time. Thy, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Did you know that prayer can turn a promise into a prophecy? He said, pray that God's will would be accomplished upon the earth just like it is. How many know that God has desires? God has ambitions. God has preferences. God has things He delights. God, there's stuff He wants to do. Now, it says God's will be done in earth as it is in heaven. What's going on in heaven? Well, I'll tell you what's going on in heaven. There's harmony in heaven. There's holiness in heaven. There's health in heaven. There's happiness in heaven. And there's hallelujahs in heaven. There is. That's what's going on. You know, God is a supremely happy God. Contrary to some of the Jack Daniels sipping theologues that uh, and they're all the time talking about the depravity of man. Why don't they talk about the fact that we're partakers of the divine nature? I know we got the flesh, but I'm not the flesh. The flesh is in me, but I'm not in the flesh, and neither are you, if so be the Spirit of God dwell in you. We need some holiness preaching in our kinds of churches one more time. The people need to wake up to who they are in Christ. When you got born again, you didn't get reformed. You didn't get remade. You didn't get remanufactured. You got a brand new nature you never had before. The life of God entered your life. And what is salvation other than the life of God in the soul of man? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not down here we're trying to figure out and do the best we can for Jesus. Jesus came to set up residence in us. And salvation is not about getting getting man out of earth into heaven. It's about getting God out of heaven into man in the person of the Holy Ghost. Does anybody in this house believe that? Now, I think Pastor Bill is going to come up to the prayer dance. And if you have a, if you have a, um, 
an adrenaline addiction, you should come because uh, it will be fulfilled. I'm just, you could get your fix to last for six months. Now, now, now that, I don't know why I said that. So back to this message right here. Your will be done on earth as it is in You know what prayer is all about? Implementing the will of God. I heard of a lady the other day. She said, I never take anybody off my prayer list once it goes on. Well, aren't you expecting God to answer that so you can replace that request with another one for God to answer? There's no merit in doing the Baptist rosary. There's no merit in just saying the same words, same phrases, same things if there's no faith and expectation for something to give and something to change and we need some implementation of the will of God upon the earth as it is in heaven. I'm telling you, things are different in heaven than they are here. (laughs) And when we're in tune with God, uh, what we're praying is for the will of God, the desires of God, uh, the the kingdom of God, the authority. We're praying for the will of God to be implemented upon the earth. Hmm. So prayer is about implementation. It's about accomplishment. It's, it's, it's about uh, bringing eternity to bear upon time. It's about aligning up with what's going on with God's priorities. How many, does anybody else down here have a problem with this? You get hung up on the temporal and forget all about the eternal. Does anybody other than me have a problem with this? You know, worrying about this and worrying about retirement and worrying about... Worrying about social security, worrying about the bankruptcy of the well, all just Jesus said, "Don't take any thought for your life." And we can get overly concerned with the things of time if we're not careful. But we better be praying for the will of God to be set up uh, upon the earth as it is in heaven. And I, I just want to say that prayer is implementation, and God wants us to things to happen as a result of prayer. Let, let me just repeat it again: there is no merit in saying prayer. In fact, I would encourage you to quit saying your prayers and start praying your prayers. And if you're not praying in faith, you're not praying anything anyway because whatever is not a faith is sin. And if there's no expectation in in the prayer, it is not a prayer at all. It's just verbalized unbelief. And, and you know, here we are in this country uh, where we don't have one single national leader that will call the American churches to repentance. Not one. You know, when COVID hit, I thought, this is it. This is it. We're going to humble ourselves. We're going to repent. We're going to, we're going to have judgment begin in the house of God. Man, things are going to happen. Things are going to shake. There's going to be massive repentance, a brokenness in the house. The opposite happened. The opposite happened. And you know, the only thing that got canceled other than the cancel culture were church services. But we need a biblical cancel culture where we cancel our self-sufficiency We cancel our self-righteousness. We cancel all of the things that are not honoring God. And that calls for humility. It calls for repentance. It calls for brokenness. And if the will of God is going to be done upon the earth, then our will is going to have to be broken and we're going to have to get yielded to His. You know, when Paul was on the Damascus Road, a a Christian-hating Pharisee, and the Lord met him, what's the first thing that came out of his mouth? Lord, what would thou have me to do? Sounds like to me there was a little submission and a little surrender in what was going on in his heart. And I know we can overplay repentance and, and, and all of that kind of, 
How many know that repentance has not been overplayed in most Baptist churches? It's been underplayed tremendously. How many understand what I just said right there? That's the truth. And if Jesus talked about repentance and faith, we ought to be talking about repentance. Well, brother, nobody has the power to repent. Jesus never informed his audiences of their inability to repent and believe the gospel. Not one apostle or prophet or John the Baptist or nobody, not one of them told their hearers how incapable they were of repentance and sit around and wait for some zap to fall out of heaven uh, to regenerate them so they could believe. Nobody, nobody, nobody in the Bible ever said that to anybody. And I just want to say something to you that uh, we're going to pray for the will of God to be done upon the earth. We're going to have to get out of the God business. I mean, you understand that every group has their three or four key uh, slogans and mantras that they like to hear repeated over and over and over and over again. But I want to tell you something, brother. There's a lot in this book, and there's a lot in the will of God that we would do well to reacquaint ourselves with and a little surrender, a little submission, a little turning from uh, things that are unlike God and unbelief and turning to Him in brokenness. Does anybody understand what I mean by brokenness? How many of you think we need a few sermons that cause us to tremble every now and then? Not just to laugh or, or more knowledge to be poured into our already overstuffed heads but a little brokenness, a little trembling, a little recognition of the goodness and the greatness and the holiness of God and the severity of God and the wrath of God and the mercy of God and all of that stuff. God, let your will be done upon the earth as it is in heaven. I want to tell you, God wants us to communicate uh, the truth about him to people in this generation, that he's not a one-sided God. I had a man come up to me the other day and he said, Harold, I'm tired of the God loves you preaching. <laughs> and you, I mean, you know what, what, he, what he meant? The American pulpit, what is it? Correction? No. Warnings? I know yours does, but most don't. Okay. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. Well, I wouldn't underestimate or downplay the love of God. And I couldn't tell it as good as it is, but there's more to the love of God and there's more to the gospel of Jesus Christ than a one-dimensional God because God, not only is He good, and and God does love us, and I couldn't do justice to tell it like it ought to be told, but God's goodness has not gotten rid of eternal damnation for people who are lost. God is angry with the wicked every day. Do we comprehend this? I mean, that's what the Bible says, right? And, and God is holy, yes. And, and he did love people, but if they don't repent, they still go to hell, right? It's almost like God is too good to send people to hell, and people are too good for God to send to hell. There's been a massive, massive downplaying of the holiness of God and the severity of God's righteous judgment and brother, there's been a downplaying of the account we're going to give when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, in my opinion, which I know that's not the whole story, but that's part of it, isn't it? And we need this angle to keep us balanced lest we become casual, laxed, and we just tolerate carnality on purpose. Hey? So, hey, we're praying for the will of God to be done like, like right here.
Mm. I'll just give you one example. Like, how about forgiveness? <laughs> how many have been ripped off in the last two months? How many how many's dealt with church crooks? I said church crooks. That's people that come in and pretend to be followers of the Lamb, breaking contracts, lying through their teeth, and so on and so forth. And, and I just want to say something to you. That is the will of God for us to, to seek justice, but you're seldom going to find it. And when you can't find it, then there's an obligation to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Mm. That, we'll get to that in a minute. No, we won't get to it in a minute because we don't have that many minutes. But let's pray tonight for the will of God. Hey, the will of God to be done exact here. You know, I don't want anything more than the will of God, and I certainly don't want anything less. I don't want anything less than the will of God, brother, but, and, and, and we need not want anything more because the will of God is like perfect, right? And what we know of God's character and His principles from His revealed book, we're always safe to pray along those lines. Are you with me on this right here? So what about the will of God uh, to be done like here and now at this point in time in eternity? Let me tell you what the will of God is. He's not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And we make excuses about the, the, the generation and the millennials and the Starbucks bunch, which I could tell you a story about my last visit to Bonita Springs and Starbucks. I'll spare you of that thing. <laughs> but, you know, we, we can be angry about all that. Or we could humble ourselves and say, dear God, how come we're not connecting very well? Most churches, most fundamentalist churches are not connecting well with the generation, uh, uh, the generation that is and the last two or three. Does anybody understand what I just said right there? I go to a church, a friend of mine, they got 70,000 college students, university students in their town. 70,000 from all over the world. Guess how many go to their church? Yes. Not a single one. Not a single one. No burden. No heart. No humility, Chris. No teachability. No crying out saying, dear God, Lord, what would you have us? Instead of reading what your, uh, your uh, alma mater says about it, why don't you consult the Holy Ghost to find out what ought to be happening in the here and now? And I'm just here to tell you, this ineffectiveness and this failure to connect with this generation, I know that I know, God didn't call us to try to recreate a culture that no longer exists. God didn't call us to try to get uh, Andy Griffin and Ann B and Barney Fife to re resurrect and come back and, and reenact on Mayberry RFD. It's over, brother. The culture war is over. I'm not here to discourage you. I'm here to tell you, we're about the kingdom of God. We're about the kingdom of God. All earthly kingdoms come and go. All political systems come and go. That, God didn't call us to run voter registration. He called us to do intercession primarily. This is really good tonight. I don't think some of y'all are following me on this right here, but I'm telling you, it's the truth. Now, of course, we're, kingdom, we're earthly citizens. Hallelujah for our country and the heritage that it's got. But you're blind if you, you don't understand that a good percentage of our culture 
Now, they despise our heritage and despise our God. They despise, and, and the problem, what are we going to do? We're going to try to get some neutered Republican to, to reenact. Are you really got any confidence in that? I mean, for crying out loud. And I done got way off here tonight. Let's forget all of that I just said right there. Back to this right here. <laughs> our primary concern is for God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. Then we're going to get around here at some point, maybe, to daily bread. That's physical, physical, spiritual, emotional, relational, financial needs, right? And then forgiveness of others and forgiveness of our own sins. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And then a prayer, a preventative prayer for the prevention. It's a preventative prayer praying for deliverance from evil. And God, don't lead us into temptation. But don't believe of this tonight. Uh, the first three requests in the model prayer. It's not our stuff. It's God's stuff. That's, that, that's, that's what Jesus said. Focus on, and, and now listen, I'm for praying for sick people. You better, if you've ever had cancer, you're in favor of praying for sick people, okay? By the way, our friend Tom, Tom Farrell, we had a living memorial for him last week in Fruitland Park. <sighs> Doctors say six months or less. He can no longer respond in sentences, uh, but he can comprehend. Okay, now we had a living memorial. I just want to say this. Um, we honored that man. We celebrated that man. And I'm thinking, boy, how much better to have a living memorial where the person that's sick can hear what people are saying and then have a graveside funeral when it, if it comes to that. And I'm believing God's going to heal him anyhow. I don't care what the doctor says. And why not go ahead and believe God? I mean, what, are we, what is it going to hurt to believe God for crying out loud? And, 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 and we're praying for the will of God. You say, well, well, what if we pray something that's not the will of God? I believe God would overlook it if we went too far on faith, don't you? I don't know anybody goes too far on faith in our camp. I don't know anybody. I'll be honest with you. I know plenty of people that we got all these excuses why nothing happens, why God can't do anything, why, you know, it's all over. And, you, you know, you just hang, kind of hang in, hang on you know, endure to the end and got that Maalox look on all the time. God, God, I'm just here to tell you, brother, there's more to it than that. And we're praying for the will of God. How many would like to see the will of God be implemented on the earth as it is in heaven? Wouldn't that be wonderful? Like the will of God, like people that we know and love being born of God. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Like, like family members being drawn into rich relationship. How about relationships being restored? How about hearts being freed up? How about getting over the bitterness and, and all the church crooks and all of that? Just get over all that, amen? Just get over all of that, okay? And get on praying ground. And, and I'm telling you, it starts, it starts with God's concerns first, okay? So, uh, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. So, God-focused praying. And then, and don't get me wrong, I'm all about, we don't have time to get into the, uh, our stuff tonight, but you can do that at home, and I, hope, I know you will, and I know you do that here all the time, and that's wonderful, but tonight we're just trying to lay the strategy here that God wants us to focus first upon Him. Worship-based, God-focused prayer. So when Paul and Silas were in prison, they cast out that demon, and uh, the owners of the uh, girl Got, uh, got mad when the demon was cast out and she lost the ability to tell fortunes and make her money. 
So they drug him into the court, and then uh, they beat him up, and then they throw him in prison, but not only prison, the inner part of the prison, they put him in stocks and bonds in there, and midnight, you know, they got, they got uh, all kinds of physical scars and bruises and cuts, and man, they've been wore out and beat up, and what are they doing in there? What are they doing in there? Calling the Hebrew Law Association to try to negotiate them out of prison? No. What were they doing? They were praying and singing praises to God. And brother, I just want to tell you, you can't go too far with thanksgiving and you can't go too far with praise. You just, it's impossible. So we start here and then we move from those categories of prayer for God's name, God's kingdom, God's will into our daily provision, our daily bread kind of praying, praying for stuff that is concerning us, burning us, that we need. Yes, then we pray for forgiveness of sins as we practice forgiving those who have wronged us. And then we're praying preventative prayers that God would not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil and from the evil one. Now, that's all legitimate. So tonight, we're going to close out this time right now. It's 8 o'clock, so we're going to pray for the will of God <clears throat> to be done upon the earth in time, right here, right now, tonight, as it is in heaven. Now think about how it is in heaven. Just think of some of the things we know, limited things we know, but we do know some stuff. Eh? And we do know something about God's will because there's certain verses that clearly state what the will of God is. So you can pray with confidence when you pray uh, those, kind of, uh, those kind of verses with that kind of a backing. And let's pray for the will of God to come tonight. So, okay, so whatever it is in your heart, your home, your sphere of influence, where you work, your labor, whatever your assignment is. And, and I, look, we all have different assignments. I know some people have, have uh, all kinds of different things going on here, and we're not saying one's better than the other. We're just saying we're wanting the will of God to be done, right? And, and especially with our own souls. So let's, let's pray for the will of God tonight to be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'll tell you one thing that the will of God is. The will of God is to revive His people and to have the sanctuary of God to be ablaze with the presence and the power of God. You know, it says Corinthians, or those people, that if an unbeliever were to come in among them, they would fall on their face and say, of a truth, God is among you. In other words, uh, the house of God ought to be so electrified uh, with the presence of God that when people come in, they are taken back. And they are, they are stunned and they are staggered and they come under conviction of sin and they fall on their faces and say of a truth, God is with you. Isn't that what we want to see in churches in America that claim to believe the Bible is the will of God? Isn't that what we want? So we know that's the will of God. So let's have a little prayer along that line as well tonight. All right, huddle up, have a little prayer time tonight. A couple of people together. How about this? How about men with men, women with women? And just uh, uh, just go to bed. Don't, don't give your request. Just pray your request. So stand to your feet. Uh, if you're a woman, find another woman you hadn't prayed with. If you're a man, find another man you hadn't prayed with. And let's just uh, pray for the will of God to be done. And then Pastor Chris will come in a moment and, uh, and give us more instructions. Okay, so let's, let's, let's close like that tonight on the will of God. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website.
gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.